Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michael Show on the air on this uh, on this Wednesday. Don't forget, coming up tonight, we're going to be live at the Thirsty Duck in Sussex tonight. It's the Bill Michael Huddle, and it's brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. 22 years together with Bud Light and doing it again this evening. Come on out. They're going to have some specials, some stuff to give away, and uh, you can come out and continue to get registered for the big screen TV we're giving away, all that kind of good stuff coming up tonight. And we're going to be at the Thirsty Duck, Thirsty Duck in Sussex. Come on out this evening and join us. Looking forward to that. Joining us now over on the hotline, our buddy Peter Bukowski of the Locked On Packers podcast. You can find him at Peter underscore Bukowski over on Twitter. Pete, how you been, buddy? I could use a new big screen TV. I can tell you that. Well, we're giving one away, which will be there uh, installed in your home just in time for championship weekend. And then obviously two weeks prior to the Super Bowl. So... We can uh, we can maybe make that happen. Who knows? Uh, in the meantime, we're not going to be watching the Green Bay Packers. So, I, I, look, I was following your stuff, um, and, and I, I found a, a lot of things rather interesting. I mean, I always find it interesting, but I found a lot of stuff interesting. And one of the things that I found was when you start thinking about the delay of game, the going uh, first in goal, not being able to punch it into the end zone, uh, you were talking about, you know, look, you're paying Aaron Rodgers a lot of money to be the guy. And yeah. in these particular situations over the last three years, he wasn't a guy. So give me your, let's start there first and foremost, before we kind of trickle on out to other things. Well, I thought there was a really great line. Um, uh, another uh, analyst threw out there on a podcast that I heard earlier this week. And that was that the Packers in the offseason lost two superstars. They lost Devontae Adams and they lost the superstar version of Aaron Rodgers. And that is the biggest difference between this year and last year. And I think that's right. If, if Aaron Rodgers is the guy we saw last year, they're playing this weekend, and who knows? Maybe they're maybe they're hosting a playoff game this weekend rather than having to go to San Francisco. But that's not what we got. And and you know, if you're an Aaron Rodgers apologist um, or you're just a fan of Aaron Rodgers, you might be saying, "Look, he got hurt," and all that is true. But it's not just the hurt. Like the hurt finger, the finger's been healed for a month, and the play is not materially different. And the hurt finger didn't cause him to miss open receivers or not see the field cleanly. I think. Bill, what happened is he got so used to playing with Devontae Adams where this Matt LaFleur offense, so much of it is you have a concept to one side with multiple receivers, and then you've got a receiver on the backside, that backside X. And you can always just throw that backside whatever if it's Devontae Adams. And so Aaron Rodgers did not have to pre and post snap see the field cleanly because he could always just say, okay, if I have the matchup I like with Devontae Adams, I can take that. And I think for too much of the season, he, and this is a Matt LaFleur thing too, treated the year like Aaron Rodgers was A, playing like the old Aaron Rodgers he wasn't, and B, calling plays like they had a version of Devontae Adams, and they didn't. And so if you have this concept side, if you watch the tape, Bill, going back to those games that they lost, they had plays where the concept side, if you just read it out, it works, it's open, throw the ball. But Rodgers is looking backside at the single receiver side and hoping Al Lazard or at the time Sammy Watkins or Romeo Dobbs is going to win one-on-one. And it's like, well, the the play is designed to go this other place. And so I I don't know um, why that didn't change over the course of the season. You would expect Aaron Rodgers to be in a better position as a veteran to make those adjustments. You would hope Matt LaFleur has the cachet in that locker room to demand that kind of adjustment, and we just never saw it. And that leaves us in an uncomfortable place wondering, okay, what, how much of this Aaron Rodgers decline is not having Devontae Adams? Is it fixable going back to just like, hey, just run the offense? 
Um, I, I don't know. And I, I, I think the Packers are, are going to have to make a difficult decision with maybe less information than you'd like to have. I uh, okay. Let's let's go back to um, the the play calling, the perception of what is. I was asked earlier, do I like Matt Lafleur? It sounds like I don't. I said it's not that I don't. It's that I feel there's been so much time spent in making the quarterback happy, and he doesn't criticize the quarterback yet. The quarterback has made statements via coaching, like if some guys don't perform, then they need to sit and blah blah blah. And I said, I I get the sense, perception becoming reality in many people's minds, that Matt LaFleur has kind of been snipped via authority because of the presence of Aaron Rodgers. They spent so much time trying to make him happy that they lost themselves along the way. Do you see that at all? Do you agree with that statement, or do you feel it's something different? I think you're 100% right. I think you're I, – I, I would love to sit here and argue with you about something, but I think you're absolutely right. Um, <laughs> when when it, this started – two off seasons ago when Aaron Rodgers was unhappy and Matt LaFleur by all reports. And from what I had heard was very much team Rodgers. He was, we need to make sure we do, we move heaven and earth to get him back. That was his perspective on all of this. And I, I don't think that was the front office's perspective. I continue to believe that there is, um, and based on what I've heard, there is not a uniform consensus in the building that the best thing for this team is to have Aaron Rodgers moving forward. And I think that was true last year as well, to a certain degree. So it, it, it comes in this, in this weird position because you've now bent over backwards two years in a row. Um, now they held the line two off seasons ago. It did not trade him, even though I, I do believe he wanted to be dealt. It wasn't just to like, well, if Jordan love or whatever, like then trade me. No, I think he wanted to be out or he wanted a scalp and he got neither. And then they gave him all of this money last year, which was another sort of tacit admission that, you, you run things around here. And we saw an offense that devolved even more into the stuff that Aaron Rodgers likes to do um, and, and less in some of the, the things that, that is really steeped in the Matt LaFleur tree, the stuff that they were doing in 2020 when he won MVP, the best offensive season of the last 10 years of his career. Um, I don't know why he doesn't want to do those things. And it does seem like this has now become a, a bit of a power struggle except I don't know if the Packers are struggling. I don't know if Matt LaFleur is actually pushing back hard. And this is the first time this year, Bill, I had been the, the loudest Matt LaFleur supporter going back to 2019. I said he should have won co- coach of the year in 2019. I said right. He should have won coach of the year in 2020. I'm starting to wonder if, if he is the right guy for an Aaron Rodgers quarterback. Like, is he a wartime general or a peacetime general? I think that he would be a better coach with a Matt Ryan, like we saw in 2016, with a Jordan Love, someone who he can sort of be on a, a little bit more of a senior footing. He doesn't have to fight so much. And then it's just like, okay, these guys are in lockstep. Whereas Rogers, he's they're, they're I'm sure they are in the meetings, you know, disagreeing about certain things. And Rogers is acquiescing because he's Aaron Rodgers. I, I think it would be better for Matt Lafleur with a different kind of quarterback. But that says something about Matt Lafleur, I think, too. No, I would agree with that. And I uh, I look at Matt LaFleur also in the sense that he believes Joe Barry has done enough to keep his job. Uh, I know that there is a dissension of opinion there. Uh, when you look at the numbers, it was a great breakdown in Packers Wire today that said basically in every category but a couple, they regressed this year as a defense. They put money into that defense. They put draft capital into the defense, and they got worse. Do you believe Joe Barry should be the defensive coordinator? I think the the question is, Twofold. Number one, um, is Aaron Rodgers coming back? Because if he is, I understand the perspective. If you're Matt LaFleur saying, look, 
Continuity is important. I don't want to have to, to fire another defensive coordinator, hire another defensive coordinator, and try and figure this out on the fly. And so they found something at the end of the year, I think playing a little bit more cover two, a little bit more press coverage on the outside, a little bit more squat coverage on the outside, a little bit more Tampa two in Joe Barry. That, that's the scheme that he comes from. Maybe that's coming back a little bit with this too high world that everyone wants to live in. And I think that suits guys like Jerry Alexander, Eric Stokes, when he comes back, Russell Douglas. Um, but if he's not, then I think you start to go, okay, are there other guys out there where you, you might want to take a fresh approach and try and build something, you know, over time with a new coach. And then the other part of this is, you know, who can you get? So if Jim Leonard called tomorrow and said, Hey, I'll take the job. Yeah. You, you do the thing where you promote Joe Barry to senior uh, defensive assistant, assistant head coach, and let Jim Leonard call the defense. If Raheem Morris, who we just got the report yesterday from Jeremy Fowler at ESPN, that all of these uh, assistants are going to be free to leave if they'd like, like, if you're Raheem Morris, would you want to come and, and coach a defense that already knows your scheme and you can just sort of make some tweaks and come coach Jair Alexander and, and Devontae Campbell and Quay Walker and, and Rashawn Gary eventually and Kenny Clark? Like, I think that would be an appealing job for a coach if they wanted to do that. If, you, if you're not going to get one of those guys, you know, I think that's Matt LaFleur, I think, couched it a little bit by saying, yeah, I anticipate, um, you know, making no changes. Well, but if, if circumstances change, you have to be open to those changes. If you can get a Raheem Morris or a Jim Leonard or even an Ajiro Evero, which I, I don't see that likely happening, then you can make that change. Otherwise, I, I think it's defensible to keep Joe Barry because the question becomes, all right, if it's not Joe Barry, who is it? Now, some people will say it doesn't matter, literally anyone. Um, I, I think that's a lot harder that's um, a lot easier said than done. Which I agree. I mean, you got to get the right guy for the job. I just think the lack of aggressiveness was a detriment throughout the season, and obviously a lack of aggressiveness was a detriment on the last drive uh, in which they needed to get a stop and they just simply couldn't. And and playing a soft zone. Well, let me, it, let me it, just say just, something about that because that. – yeah. the, the, the first fourth down on that drive when they score the touchdown, not the final drive, right? Mm -hmm. DJ Shark gets the the fourth and two. That's your best player, Jair Alexander. He is at six yards depth on fourth and two. And when the ball is snapped, he's gaining depth. That's just technique. Like that's bad discipline by your best player. So you have to, you have to get, this is, this is the problem with this team right now is, and, and I, I think it's, it's, it's personified in this fact. So Andy Herman over at Packer Report, he grades every player on every play. And, and whether or not you think he's smart enough to do that or whatever, like, I don't care. It doesn't matter. But he he graded, I think, five Packers players total, and it's all mostly role players, as playing better in 2022 than they did in 2021. This was the problem with your team. With the same guys, Aaron Rodgers played worse. Uh, Jair Alexander, he got more interceptions, but – he played worse than he did in 2020 when he was mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. Adrian Amos played worse. Darnell Savage got benched. Devontae Campbell right, played worse. Right. Russell Douglas played worse. Like all these guys played worse. And so it just, it comes down to your guys have to have to do, they still have to, they still have to go play. And, and regardless of the scheme, you have to execute and they didn't. And so that, that leaves questions about, okay, how much of that is coaching and how much of that is these guys just aren't as good as we thought which is a Brian Gutekind's problem. And some of it is just let, we have to blame the players for not being as good as they should be, which I think is part of this. It is, it is everything right now for the Packers. 
talking with Peter Bukowski, the Locked On Packers podcast. Going to that point, though, there was discussion and some comments that were kind of made that they didn't necessarily buy into what Joe was selling. So is that indeed coaching? Well, you have to get your players to buy in. And and I, I loved the anecdote. Um, Ryan Wood had it from Packers News that, that Joe Barry, the week of the Vikings game, said, Jair and Russell, you figure this out. If you if Jair, if you want to if you want to shadow Justin Jefferson, then we'll build a game plan around that. If you don't, then then we'll build a game plan around that. I think that's great coaching. And some people will say that's lazy. No, no. Tell me what you if, if that's what you want to do. I think you're good enough to do it either way. So let me let me let you decide, and then you feel empowered. And and this was a mm-hmm. metaphor right. I used on my show that that I you know I, I I want people to understand. I, I don't mean to be demeaning to the players but this is something you do with a toddler i have a toddler right now this is very much top of mind you give them two choices that you're okay with and and then they feel like they have a choice they feel bought in i let my son okay do you want to do you want to stir or do you want you know whatever and and he's like yes he'll pick he'll pick one and i they're both good options for me and and he feels a part of it and then he wants to eat the food that he helped make right otherwise he'll just say no right well if you're a player and a coach says what do you think we should do and you know as a coach, well, Jair Alexander can do anything, so I don't care what he picks. It's all good. That, I think, is a great way to get your players bought in. I, I don't know how bought in they were at the beginning of the season, but if you go back and look, they changed the, their scheme. They started blitzing less, and they started playing more press coverage on the outside. They started playing more cover six, more cover two. And it it worked. And it is it is something that I think – can be a formula for them moving forward. I loved, I would love to see them play more press and more squat because what, what that does is, by the way, Eric Stokes, Jerry Alexander, and Russell Douglas are all good press corners. And, and two of those three, with Stokes being the exception, are good squat corners. I for the quarterback, let me read and react to what's going on. Well, that's sort of the perfect mix because you get the physicality of Eric Stokes and then you get the read and react of those other two guys that's the perfect way. Like this, the quarters defense, I don't think was ever a great fit for this defense, this personnel. And, and I think they might've found something. I think Quay Walker, um, Devonte Wyatt, I think they kind of fit. The, if you go back and look at those old, like Tampa two defenses, there's a lot of similarities here. I, I think they could make that work. And I would be, you know, that's the optimistic cases as I think that actually is a formula that can work moving forward. Real quick, before I let you go overall, Overall, do you think this team has the ability to be better? Because you got to look at what they need. Okay, obviously you got to get two of the guys defensively better. You got two two of the younger guys that you would assume would get better in Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt. Obviously yeah. the defensive front could use more depth. I still think they need more depth on the offensive line. But overall, what do they need to get this group better? How much better can they get? I think there's two spots. I think you need you need another pass rusher. Um, on the edge in particular, because I do think Devontae Wyatt can become a very disruptive interior player at 15. That's where I'm looking. Can you get one of these, one of these top three edge players? You're not going to get Will Anderson, but there's a, there's two guys right below that. Is one of them going to fall to 15? Those guys, rookie pass rushers, they make an impact right away. We saw with Kingsley and Igbare in the fifth round, he led, he led rookies in pass rush win rate. So you, you can get rookie productivity. And then I think they need a middle of the field pass catcher. They need whether it's a tight end or a slot receiver. Uh, they need someone who can threaten the middle of the field, can threaten the scene because Big Bob Tunyon just does not look like the same guy. He looks like he's down a full step, if not more. And they were they like he's he barely played in the last six weeks, Bill. Like he he is like a third third and long guy only because he doesn't block and he doesn't have that sort of juice. 
that would be the kind of guy, whether it's Michael Mayer, whether it's Darnell Washington, whether it's Quentin Johnson, the receiver from TCU, um, Jordan Addison from USC, um, Jackson, Jackson Smith Majigba from Ohio State. I think he's going to be right in that range, too. And he's got mm-hmm. that size, speed. Um, he, he, he has a chance to be with Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love. I don't care. He could be a really good player and a really complimentary piece to the guys that the Packers already have. Those are the two guys. Aaron Rodgers said they're a couple players away. They need a middle of the field pass catcher and an edge rusher, and I think I think then you'd really you'd really feel like this team was in a, a good position. I'm gonna I promise you I will talk myself into this team because I believe in the talent. I will talk myself into this team being good again next year by the time we get to like March. Good stuff as always, Bob. We appreciate it, and I'm sure we're gonna touch base more down the road. Okay. All right. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Peter. See you. There you go, Peter Bukowski. Locked on Packers podcast. Good stuff. Good stuff. Going to, uh, going to chat with him more down the road as we uh, start to decipher all as changes are made and all this stuff is discussed. I'm sure we're going to touch base with him even more so. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hey, our friends at Boondocks, Boondocks Barbecue, Burgers and Brews, uh, they have got, uh, if you follow them on Facebook, they uh, every day they've got, uh, they got uh, Chef Jerry Garcia and they come up with new, all kinds of new, or not Chef Gary, Jerry Garcia, I'm sorry. That's a, uh, the chef out there is Tom's son, as a matter of fact, Tom Fullery's son. And uh, they got some really good stuff out there consistently. Tonight, 75-cent wing night going on, and they've got some different dishes. They've got some beef stroganoff and such that they were posting. They've got uh, the weekly specials. The Friday and Saturday night specials are coming up. They've been posted. Check out Boondocks, Boondocks BBQ and Brew over on Facebook. Boondocks BBQ and Brew over on Facebook, but they're right there on uh, County Road K in Oconomowoc. County Road K in Oconomowoc. Stop in and st- tell them we said hi, and Stacy and Tom and everybody that works there, they're all great people. You can't go wrong. Plus, they got really, really good Bloody Marys as well. Good Bloody Marys as well. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show continues on hey don't forget about our friends at the water doctors h2 the letter o doctors.com that's h2 the letter o doctors.com and uh, john atley and his staff not only do they have the best water softening system uh, and if you're looking to buy one rent one check one out whatever it happens to be they they've got it uh, i've always encouraged people take your water and let it uh, give them a water analysis they can do that right there on the spot for you and they'll show you how good it actually is it's fantastic, but uh, the Water Doctors, H2, the letter O, doctors, uh, com is the place you can find them, or just call John, because you can get the Connecticut system anywhere in the state of Wisconsin, 262-549-7733. I have it in my home. I use it every day. It is fantastic. I was thinking about this this morning, and I know it's weird, but I was thinking about this in the shower this morning, as, uh, you know, when you wash your hair and all that kind of, and everything just suds up and it's, it's, it's the same thing in like your laundry and such. It's because it's the softest water you can get. You use less of shampoo. You'll use less of salt you, or less of, uh, uh, of soap. You lose less washer detergent, if you will, all because the water is so clean. 
and so pure. And it's it's not only does it taste great coming out of the reverse osmosis, but it's just fantastic in general, just for daily use. And it saves you money in many different areas. So uh, I'm telling you, go to the Water Doctors, H2, the letter O, H2Odoctors.com, H2Odoctors.com, or call John, uh, 262-549-7733, 262-549-7733. That's the Water Doctors in Waukesha. All right. This is Jet. That's Mike Clemens. Uh, do, yeah, that's Jet. That's Dribble. That's 90-year-old man. There you have it. Should be proud oh. I waited until the end of that. To... I know, right? I know. I know you were just like, just I could, I could hear the button just wanting to be pushed. Um, this is Andrew Whitworth, the big former left tackle for the uh, champion L.A. Rams from last year on the Rich Eisen Show. And they got into the topic of Aaron Rodgers. Take a listen. What do you think Aaron Rodgers does? What do you think when it's all said and done? Honestly, I'm over it, Rich. I just, you know, I, feel, I, just, <laughs> I saw Marcus Spears say this today, and I couldn't agree more. Like, I just don't care. All right? like, really? Like, just, you know, I love the guy. I think he's, yeah, I have a good time with him off the football field. Yeah. I'm just so done with, like, are you playing or you're not? Are you, you know, just, you know. But he thought he, he show up and play or don't play or but he whatever. But thought, he thought about hanging on to his jersey. I mean, so so what's more, what's more wild that he realized in the moment, I'm not giving up my jersey, or a rookie receiver asked for it. Yeah, I, th- that I think that may have a lot more to do with the rookie receiver asking for the jersey than people are trying to read into that. I'm going to oh, hold on to like it. I'm not giving it up to you. I, with I no mean, offense, but I mean. No offense. How much did he talk to his own rookie receivers much? Huh? I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Damn. to give his jersey to wow. the, uh, the other team's rookie receiver? Oh, <laughs> I nice. mean, showing up. I always laugh. Like, and I love Aaron. It'll be like balls. He throws a bomb for a touchdown. You know, and somebody, he almost just gives them like a little. You know, it's, there, there was not a lot of uh, running over there. To, so it wasn't him being mindful of the moment. I may want to hang on to this one because I think this could be my last game. It's just like rookie uh, wide out. A nice way of just saying I'm, I'm a, I think he I'm going to hang on to this old one. School. Old school guys were like rookies got to earn their opportunity to be talked to, you know. So Interesting he may take. just be into like, hey, you're a rookie, rookie receiver. You got to wait, buddy. Yeah, Come wait, ask that's, me in three years. That's so there you go. That's from Andrew Whitworth, a uh, guy that's been there, done that. And he says the same thing that a lot of other people feel. It's like, I'm just over it, you know? Just do what you're going to do, but just quit talking about it. You know? Get your head on. If you're coming back, come back. If you're not, don't. Now, here's another thing to think about. And this was brought up to me. Uh, and, and we all thought, you know, you don't retire the same year that, say, um, Tom Brady's going to retire. Because Brady's going to own the stage, right? Think about this. You just had J.J. Watt call it a career as well. Right? So, can you imagine being on that? Now, it would be a star-studded event if you have Tom Brady, J.J. Watt, and Aaron Rodgers all on the stage that day. But do do you want to share the stage in that way? You know, do you want to do you want to go that direction? I don't know if you do, right? But Andrew Whitworth, even like I'm over it. I'm so over it. I'm so over it. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to find us, please feel free. We'd love to talk to you. It's a, it's a honest thing to hear, Bill, from him and Spears. But right. 
if if true, if everybody else shares that opinion out there in the state of Wisconsin, what are we going to talk about for the next four months? <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, it, uh, it, as much as people say they're over it, they're not. We all know that. Um, it, it is a topic of discussion, and Rogers does have command of the media. And, you know, what he does and the little things he says is analyzed, scrutinized, and such. But it also can create a backlash. It it can create an anti-sentiment. And, and that's what you're starting to see towards Aaron Rodgers. Of, you know, I mean, now think about this. Tom Brady has $300 million plus contract waiting for him when he decides to go to Fox, right? Has anybody called Rodgers and said, hey, we're going to give you this? No. Maybe they have. Maybe they've talked about it. But there's nothing out there that we know of that's been specifically offered. Has And Aaron Rodgers is an incredibly smart guy. But he's not Peyton Manning and the Manning cast. He's not that comical and funny. He's not that likable, to the point, Tom Brady with the rings. He's kind of become a guy that some people look at as, quite frankly, kind of a Kind of an arrogant pain in the ass. So, you know, and and again, that all can change. Perception becomes reality, and you can change that really quick. But he's not all that. But the perception is that he is all of that. He is a pretty good guy, but he's not perceived as a pretty good guy. He's perceived right now as a guy that's very self-absorbed. So, I I mean, I don't know what he's, you know... if, if it's wearing thin on a lot of people or just a few people or what, but there's certainly something to this right now. You know, that that there, there's this this backlash to Aaron Rodgers. 877-867-1670, you want to hit us up. Um, uh, this is from Mark who says, he could have been a good guy. He could have got, come out and said all of this right away last year gotten it out of the way, kept Devontae Adams, everybody would have been happy, and chances are we're still playing this coming weekend. Instead, this all hinges on Rodgers and no one else. Don't blame LaFleur. I think it's partly play calling in LaFleur, but I would agree. Yeah, I don't know about the whole thing with Devontae. I do agree, though, that Devontae had made it clear he wanted to be discussed. And they didn't discuss him because they couldn't. They didn't have a – they could have said, hey, do you want to stay or not? And he would have said, yeah, I want to stay. Let's talk about a contract. And they and their argument is, sorry, we can't. Well, why can't you? Well, because right now we've got to worry about Aaron Rodgers. What? We we don't know what Rodgers is going to do. So if he's going to come back, we we got to, we got to work with him. If he's not going to come back, then we're going to have extra money. Yeah, we want to keep you. Well, I need to know. Well, I'm sorry we can't tell you. But I want to know. Well, I'm sorry we can't tell you. And, and that's – and finally, Devontae's like, you value me basically hardly at all. So to hell with you. I'm out of here. And that's kind of, that's a very Cliff Notes version. That's kind of what happened, for lack of a better term. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Good to have you back. And uh, as I said earlier this week, I, um, I'm looking forward to the week. Tomorrow, heading downtown. Tonight, we got the uh, the huddle. We're going to be at uh, the Thirsty Duck in Sussex tomorrow. A little grocery shopping, getting ready for the weekend. I know uh, we're going out on uh, Saturday night. Uh, I want to go to a place where I can watch the game, quite frankly. But uh, got the games on Saturday night. Looking forward to that. But uh, Sunday, first Sunday off in a long time. I mean, where there's no football at all to, quote, cover. And uh, looking forward to it. Going to go down to Robert's Specialty Meats, pick up a couple of the grilling chops, and uh, pick up a couple of the Al Capone sausages. And, oh, looking looking forward to that. Big time. Oof, good stuff. Our Jaguars, yes, Bill, Saturday night. Yeah, I know. It's a um, big one. We've got some friends we've been wanting to go out with for a while, and um, – Kristen is always looking for new experience. She, she hates same old, same old. I love same old, same old because uh, same old, same old means we visit a lot of our. I can't get to all the people that sponsor us in a matter of like three months. There's just so many good places, good bars, good restaurants, all that kind of stuff. But she's like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't, you know. So uh, I believe we're going to a comedy show on Saturday. So when she said, what time do you want to go? I said, um, either make it early or late. I want to see the game. So uh, that's that's the plan on Saturday. And the one aspect is I do not want to sit in front at a comedy show. One, I've always been self-conscious because I'm really tall. But secondly, I don't want to become a part of anybody's show. It's too tempting <laughs> for me to jump in. <laughs> I just, I don't. Uh, I did that for a brief, 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 brief period of time in my life. Uh, on a drunken dare, I did a, uh, there used to be a place called Go Bananas. And uh, they did uh, amateur nights. And we were, I was in the summer times, I would work at a car dealership. And a bunch of us went out one night and they're like, oh, you think you're funny, go do it. And I actually did. I came in second. And I ended up doing that for a little while and doing opening act stuff. And I just, um, nah, I'm not... Uh, it's too tempting when I have a couple of beverages to go, you know what? <laughs> and then jump in. So have you seen the, uh, the Netflix show? I think you should leave the comedy sketch show. No, I haven't. There's a funny bit on someone goes up. It's a magic show, but the same concept where he's just sitting in the front row, asks for a volunteer. And then the magician totally ruins his life. <laughs> okay. So that's what I would picture. It's like, oh, oh, you want to right. try some comedy? And then. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll anyway. go up. Yeah. Go I'll Jaguars. Go, go Jaguars. There you go. Go Jaguars. Go Jaguars. Going to just start shouting that out randomly. So, uh, but on Sunday, it is a day at home. It is grilling. It is Robert Specialty Meats. Go to robertspecialtymeatswaukesha.com. Sunset Drive in Waukesha. He is, without a doubt, your hometown butcher. Good stuff. Uh, let's go back to the phone calls. Let's talk to our buddy Ed listening to us in Madison. Ed, how you doing today, pal? What's up? I'm good. I, I was telling your monitor there, your call monitor, I, I decided to let the storm settle because now we have a, I guess we come to acceptance <laughs> of the season. You know, I've been mm -hmm. kind of sitting here thinking, waiting to talk to you. And I think our coaching, uh, having the coach's quarterback, the coach, the quarterback coach that came back, I think really benefited Love. It's, I don't know if it really benefited Rodgers. I don't think Rodgers really used his knowledge as much because I think Rodgers feels that he's pretty much seen it all, done it all, so I think he's his own coach. Um, Grade-wise, if I could give a grade to the Green Bay Packers defense, i give him a C plus and i give the offense a C-. Uh, 
that red zone man gets an F. Worst ever. I can't even remember the Packers being so bad in the red zone in all right. my lifetime watching the Packers when they had the Lindy Infante era all the way up through Mike Sherman and then so on as we go. Um, but what do you think, Una? Is it, you know, I heard your last interview. I like the idea of not getting rid of Barry because I was all in on firing his him, but I don't mm-hmm. think that's the answer. I think it's scheme. I think having a new voice and let, let just let him kind of oversee it. And I, I like the idea of him being promoted, not because you got to have continuity on your team when it comes to coaching. LaFleur is going to be looked at as a guy that just fires coaches. And if it doesn't work out this year, then LaFleur will be looking outside. He'll be given right. a pink slip. I'm thinking. No, no, I, I agree with that. Uh, but here's my, here's my argument. And this is the reason I brought it up to Peter. All the arguments for guys not being in the right place at the right time and kind of going rogue and playing and this and that and guys being graded lower than what they were the year prior, I agree with. I I, I get it. My argument is why aren't they buying into what Joe Barry is selling? Because ultimately the voice is the one that puts them all on the same page. Joe Barry had that voice when he first got here. He even had that voice to a certain extent last year. So why did it change this year, and why did guys suddenly start to kind of give you the inkling that they didn't believe in what he was doing? That My argument is uh, when, when you're a coach, really 90%, if you bring a good scheme and everybody else is doing it, that's fine. But if you can get everybody to do it right and just do their job and do their job correctly, you're going to win. doesn't matter the scheme you bring to the table. The ability to coach is the ability to put play, to get players to buy in, to run through a wall for you, to do it together, and to all be in the right place at the right time. And if you can't get that out of your guys and they don't believe in what you're selling, then it's not necessarily the scheme. It's the coach, right? Absolutely. I do agree with you on that. And I also, one aspect of the game that really was frustrating for me this year, how un, mentally unrepre- unprepared that they were. Last game, I, you know, just seeing the mental mistakes, on uh, the mental mistakes. Um, I don't know how you, Quay Walker, I don't know how you, how you peel that apart and repair that. How do you, someone in that locker room needs to take him under his wing I was thinking the other day, if we had Re- if Reggie White was alive and he was on that defense and someone like Leroy Butler did something stupid like that, i got to believe that Reggie would have taken him aside and he probably would have done it in a very forceful manner and set him down and have a face-to-face with him. And not a, and I think he would have shared some really biblical ass chewing um, because I, I kind of believe that's what needs to be done with these mm-hmm. young players. As they say, they're immature, but gosh darn, right. they're men in my view. You once you go to the right. NFL, you're a man. You're not a college player. You're a man right. now. So, I'm kind of curious how you how you would have handled that situation if that would have been you on the sideline had a player. If you were, if I had a player do that, and this is the second time they've done it. First of all, they were ejected, so it's like you're out of you know. I don't know if I necessarily need to explode on that guy for the rest of the world to see, but I need to make it very well known and to look very stern right there in front of everybody else that that crap will not be tolerated. And that's when you look around everybody else and you say, don't ever think about doing this. And that way you're letting everybody know this person, he knows he did something wrong, but that you're not tolerating it as the leader of this team. 
And I, you know, I, again, it depends. Everybody handles it a little bit differently, but to me, you as the head coach, I appreciate the phone call as the head coach, you have got to assert your authority. There are times where you are a player's coach and you have to sit down with your guys, break bread with your guys, be able to talk to your guys, be very frank and candid with your guys, and, and, and be on the same page and take their advice and take what it is they're saying and listen to it and make them feel as if they're a part of the equation. Then there are times to say, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. You, you can feel it a little bit, but this is ultimately my run team. The final say, everything lands at my feet. And if we're going to go down, we're going to go down in my particular fashion. You know, and nobody's going rogue and nobody's going to do that kind of crap. So that's why this whole thing with whether or not you would keep or not keep Joe Barry. Look, 3-4-4-3, those schemes have been around forever. Forever. Everybody has played the position the same. Everybody has been taught the same. Everybody does the same. It's the players that do their job and do it well and develop their job and their technique well that excel. But when you get all of your players doing just their job and doing it well, collectively as a group, you're incredibly good. But the 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 old adage in football is you're only as strong as your weakest link. And if one guy or two guys are not buying in, then you have to ask why. And can you get rid of the guys or can you get rid of the coach? And if the coach isn't getting through to the guys to have everybody, and plus it's it's team leadership, it's, it's players on that unit, to say, dude, you need to be in the right place at the right time and cut this crap. If guys aren't buying in, then you've got a problem. And that's where coaching become, becomes problematic. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. Wrapping it up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers added 13 free agents yesterday, including offensive tackle Jake DeLance. David Bakhtiari says he'll be back next year, has been through four surgeries in two years, three on his left knee, another, that appendectomy last month. Bakhtiari says he's looking forward to an offseason at that training program Clay Matthews introduced him two years ago in Southern California, instead of recovering in a hospital. I'm at pumps. I don't have surgery uh, set up right now, so that's fantastic. Just got done talking to Coach Buckus. So the, the main thing is I just get to train because uh, the last two years have just been rehab. So it's nice to finally train and like to build my armor again, kind of get myself back and ready. I mean, I also love training since working out with Clay all the time. I think uh, in the offseason, that was. I mean, some of the best memories I have of my career is the offseason time. Matt Lafleur says getting Bakhtiari back in the starting lineup this past season was a priority. I thought that once we got him back out there on a consistent basis, once we learned how to best practice him, once he learned how to do that for himself, I thought he played at a pretty high level. That's Packers head coach Matt Lafleur in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. segment before we uh, get out of here tomorrow on the program big day tomorrow final hour of the program tomorrow luke fickle head coach of the wisconsin badgers gonna be here looking forward to that 
Uh, it's funny, Ben. We announced that, and a couple of buddies of mine from uh, from down in Cincinnati got a hold of me and said, ask him this. So we're getting questions from all over the place. I think their questions are probably more football-related than the ones I'm getting <laughs> about city infrastructure right. and right. Yeah, yeah, opinions on student sections and such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I got a couple of the student section ones. I got a couple of the uh, – obviously, people want to know about using a transfer portal versus recruiting and all that kind of stuff and changing things up offensively and what he looks – I mean, I got all that, but uh, there's there's some other good ones that are out there. So we'll, uh, we'll bring it all up to – as much as we can anyway. We'll bring it all up tomorrow. We're going to have uh, the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, the new head coach, Luke Fickle, is going to be joining. Now we just got to get uh, Greg Gard to follow him and join the program. Get Gardo here. Talk to him. They've been they actually they've had a hell of a season. Couple in the grand scheme of tough things. week with Tyler yeah. Wall going down. Couple losses, right. I think, because he was out. But yeah, they've been very impressive. Yeah, but you know, Michigan State, um, nice win over the weekend. They ended up knocking off Michigan, but um, they're twelve and four, four and one in the Big Ten. Wisconsin. Uh, the, the the hardest part of that loss last night, not only with Tyler Wall going down, but was the fact that they lost at home. That was that that was the, you know, at the Cole Center. That that's a tough one. You know, when you lose over at Michigan State over there, eh, you know, it's it's a hard fought loss, but you lose at home, you kind of supposed to protect the home court. So that that's that's the tough aspect of all of that. Like you said, with Tyler Wall going down and such, but it was still a hell of a game. But to be eleven and four, three and two in the Big Ten, um, ranked eighteenth in the country, we, not a whole lot of people saw this coming. You know what I mean? This has been an impressive yeah. year. Oh, so definitely. Far. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, the defense is going to have to improve Yeah, when Wall gets back because I think that's been the reason they've lost. Um, I, I did, by the way, think about what I – I am going to ask Coach Fickle one thing. It was released – his contract includes a membership to a nearby country club. Mm-hmm. I, I, I need to know his handicap. I, I need to know if we're talking <laughs> about like a true golfer or like – you know, someone right. who just golfs to golf because the uh, I, I could use some company on my, you know, neighborhood. OK, walking nine. No, what you're looking for is a hey, coach, I, I play golf, too. And him to say, come on and join me. That'll get you off the the public municipal courses and such. Oh, I, I am both. a big time public municipal guy at heart. Uh, that's be, that's because you wear Crocs. That's because I don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> Crocs are no uh, cheap shoe, Bill. Yeah, well, they should be. Uh, that being said, so that's coming up tomorrow on the program. Don't forget tonight, uh, we're going to have a good one. We're going to be out at uh, the Thirsty Duck out in Sussex tonight. Uh, we're winding down the the season. We've got, uh, what, five road shows left before we head off to Super Bowl. One of those being uh, that we just announced today, as a matter of fact. We're going to the Stillery in Grafton. And that's a cool day because that in and of itself is going to be an event. Uh, we're going to be there live on January 27th, but uh, that's, you know, a little bit down the road. Tonight we're going to be at the Thirsty Duck in Sussex, and it's the Bill Michaels Huddle. And uh, we're going to have Andy Herman tomorrow on the program as well, Luke Fickle tomorrow on the program. So between tonight, tomorrow, going into the weekend, oh, yeah, we got we got a lot going on on the program. So And, uh, and I may at some point, and I kind of contemplated this last night a little bit about when I want to start doing this because – uh, I may at some point do something over the weekend 
in regards to a live stream. Uh, I had a few people say, hey, you can't just, you know, cut it off and not do any more shows on a weekend. I, yeah, but I'm not going to do an hour and a half, two hours. I may do like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, take some questions, whatever, opinions, whatever. But um, we'll see. We'll see if uh, we, we end up doing that. I'll let you know when. So there you go. That's it. Today is in the bag. Tonight is right around the corner. Tonight we are heading to the Thirsty Duck, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Looking forward to it. Until we talk again in about four hours, as a matter of fact. Time for us to go. Have a go. Hoop. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.